0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind the Gap, Enablex's only podcast, talking sales and marketing alignment. I'm your host, Nick Zeke Lopez. Uh, and today I'm joined by a friend of the show, uh, Jonathan Tavella. Jonathan, how's it going? So, so as we yeah. kick off our content mini series here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, sales content and, and marketing and how they work together. But first, could, could you tell us what's your background? Uh, where do you work and, and, and what part of the revenue cycle do you play in?
1: Oh, great question uh, it's not that easy to answer actually my my title is sales operation but it's actually a very broad title because i'm the only one that's looking after uh the operational part of sales as well as the enablement part of sales uh i'm doing ops and enablement pretty much uh and i built it from scratch and mina so that means that I'm looking at everything from CRM customization and implementation, tools implementation, uh, reporting, but also training, uh, making sure that we have the right content, the right templates, and making sure that we keep feed, feeding back into the organization and uh, doing things better and better. So that's kind of what I'm doing in a nutshell. Uh, I come from a sales background. And I've been in, I was in sales for. Six years uh, in a bigger company before, and before that, I was I was actually in science. So I had quite oh, a kind of a journey. Yeah, yeah. from today, science
0: yeah. to sales. Uh, we'll, we'll focus on that. That that that's going to be the name of your biography. But uh, <laughs> no, um, no, that's uh, thank you very much for uh, for for meeting with us. I, I wanted to kick it off with with this stat that I read that kind of blew my mind that I didn't quite understand for a little while. But I, I've read that in well-functioning organizations, only forty percent. Of the content that the the company uses in revenue facing uh, journeys comes from marketing, which means that over half of of well performing content comes from sales. So coming from sales can mean it can mean a lot of different things as we talk about you know approving it and getting that going. Can you think of examples uh, in your mind? Like okay, how does content come from sales? Like I don't I don't think that that's a concept that a lot of people think of when they think about content marketing.
1: Well, I think that's that's a really important question to ask because I think sales, and we're talking specifically from from our perspective, yeah. right? Startup scale-ups. Sales drives specific needs, right? So if, if you are in a startup and scale-up, you might find yourself as a salesperson in front of a client and that client needs to validate something and you need content mm-hmm. to help that person validate that something and you don't have that content. So you can easily go back to the, to the organization and say, do we need to make this, but the reality is everybody's busy doing their own thing. So as a salesperson, you end up kind of making your own your, your own content. So the ideal model would be that you identify a specific need. So for example, recently we were selling to you know a large retail bank, and they asked the question, you know, how about we build this ourselves? So we needed a clear yeah. build versus buy narrative. And we needed a piece of content full of data, you know, nice, increased messaging that would communicate that. The salesperson is, you know, extremely competent and kind of built a one pager using a template that marketing Mm -hmm. had provided, uh, but then called the marketing uh, to to really uh, make it nice, making sure that the stats were on point, making sure that the messaging was on point. So from that, he solved that specific problem in his sales process, but then we took it. Made it even nicer, standardizes, and now we have a do version. The- yeah, the and,
0: and and it it's those right. kinds of things, right? Uh, it, it, like a reference proposal or something like that. You have to put a proposal together. How do you make it uh, reusable? Or, or even sometimes, in in my experience, things as small as hey. I have this really well-written email. Like I had to respond to a question. Is there something we can do with this, right? Like what it really comes down to is taking all of these one-off requests in sales and in CS and in, in these revenue-facing teams and making them repeatable and making them usable again. And and that's where I want to talk about a few of the things. Even in the example that you mentioned, what we consider an approval workflow. So first off, we consider approval workflow to be any kind of a process uh, by which one-off documents or uh, workflows can become useful again and marketing uh, collateral in the future. You touched on a few things that I'd like to zero in on here. First, you said that to to get a work uh, to get a and improve a workflow, you had said that this person used a template. Could you go into that? Does, does marketing provide sales templates? How, how, how is that effective?
1: Yeah, so uh, what what is really important is that marketing provides templates that visually are on-brand, right? That, that is kind of the very first thing that sales should have for marketing. Uh, even if I don't have specific content, but I do have a template with all the visual elements that are needed for me to tell my story in a way that is on-brand, then I have enough to yeah. do my job, right? Because I don't need to come up with all the visuals myself. So that is a, uh, a big, for example, master deck with uh, all the visuals that I need. And I just copy paste and move them around. And that really saves me a lot of time. Uh, I need, you know, document templates if I wanna uh, develop written documents that are nice looking and on brand. Uh, but if I have those couple of things as a salesperson, I can do my job right. already, right? I can tell my story. So I think that's that That should be a So upfront idea.
0: having kind of the, the, the brand, not just the brand guidelines, but hey, this is what it should look like when you create a thing. And, and I think that a lot of teams skip that step because they don't expect sales to be this content engine, right? They expect this one-way communication of from marketing to sales to the prospect or the customer. And... I think if you go in with that mind frame, you miss a lot of what the team can contribute by even just starting with, hey, when if you want to make stuff, you don't have to, but this is what it should look like. I think you begin to open that door right. a little bit. Absolutely. So another yeah. thing you uh, had uh, that mentioned sucks. that I think is important is, okay, so the, the sales rep makes something. Like you had said, they made this one pager. They were then able to circle back with your marketing team or your sales ops team and say, Hey, can we use this again? Or is this good to say whatever that is in your experience? What are effective ways to allow reps to then say, Hey, I made this. I think it's valuable.
1: It is not an easy question to answer because it um, oftentimes comes down to culture in my opinion, right? If, if sales really feels the marketing sales, sales enablement, they are on their side, they will involve them, right? We are involved in your sales process, helping you in the trenches. Therefore, salespeople mm-hmm. involve us back when it's time to give us value back to the organization. If you develop an environment where salespeople feel on them by themselves, right, that they, they live and die by their quota and they are the only ones that actually make any effort towards bringing in that money, they, they will not make the effort to come back to the organization and uh, drive value back mm-hmm. for the organization, right? So I think that's a very important distinction to be made. You need to have that culture where everybody's down, hands on deck, we are there to close deals with you, what do you need us to do? Do you need us to provide data? Do you need us to provide visuals? Do you need us to contact a personal, uh, you know, stakeholder that, that we may be in touch with? But we are there with you. And, and if stuff comes back, if you do that, that's really, really important. So I would say that's, that's it. the Yeah, I,
0: It goes beyond that culture of, of we're all creating things here. You're not on an island. Uh, that was actually something I hadn't considered. I, th- I think that's really, really cool. So you get right you, this culture of, of sales you're pitching in, which I do think a lot of organizations miss out, miss out on. And, and you're not doing it to help us we're all doing it to help you, right? Like, like it's not like you're doing marketing a favor. We're all helping drive deals. It, it, are there ways, and, and maybe this is a culture answer as well, for organizations that are kind of stuck in the one unidirectional from marketing to sales, sales is still creating a lot of things, right? Whether they're putting it into brand templates or not, they're still creating emails, answering questions, helping people walk through. Can you think of ways that whether it be sales enablement or marketing can kind of reverse that flow and and kind of create that culture of helping? Is it in a sales kickoff? Is it finding things they're doing? Uh, What what are ways that that you can almost shift that flow to be a two-way street?
1: Well, I mean, maybe in bigger organizations, what sales enablement and operations can do is to develop a relationship mm-hmm. with the manager of the sales team. And as part of that partnership, there is a contract, there is an SLA. And, and, and one of the SLAs is once a week or once a month, you're going to send me the most important pieces of content that your team makes. I'm going to you drop them in this folder, and I commit to looking at them uh, every so often, every once a month, right? And uh, together, we will decide what's most important. And we'll start to standardize it. We'll bring in marketing. We'll make it nicer if, we, if, if it needs be. We'll make sure that it's on messaging, on brand. And then we'll make it available in a place that everybody uh, knows mm-hmm. what it is. And then I will take it upon myself as sales enabler to go around the company and say, hey, uh, uh, you know, X and Y salesperson has solved this problem with this piece of content. You can find it here. This is how you use it come to us for questions, right? So that's a sort of education section that comes with it as well. But I, I will start by building a I, I think now. that
0: that's, that's really important and, and, and getting to that. We, you know, we there are a few things we suggest too. We, we, we want to make it, it's kind of like you said, you want to make it easy for sales to send that, whether it be the manager doing it, whether it be the rep doing it, there are ideas we could forward to a common inbox, uh, a common Slack channel, or, or like you said, an intake person. Like, hey, get it to this person, right? Make it in their... In their uh, uh, best interest. Beyond that, so, some things that that we see, that I personally think, are like give feedback, right? Like I I think where this falls apart a lot of times is sales feels like they're not heard. Like oh, marketing doesn't use any of this stuff, and, and so it, it. Let's say that a salesperson brings up something and it's not a piece of content you want to publicize. Maybe let them know why and have that a discussion around what could be. You know, like 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 make this. Uh, not don't don't be you know no but but yes and. Even if it's not content getting created, because you and I have, we've probably seen our fair share of like really ugly off brand decks that, that might not even be on in the brand position or on the story that whoever created it. And I'm, I listen, I'm probably responsible for my fair share. But when you create something, you're like, oh, this is awesome. This is the best deck I've ever seen. I, I think shooting those people down or, or making them feel unheard is sometimes the, the first place that, that can absolutely go wrong. But then, you know, it's kind of like you said of like, Publicize the process, whatever that process is. If it's, hey, your manager is going to be sending stuff to me, right? Make make everybody feel, I, I think that culture building you discussed, whatever that is, that, whether it's scale up, whether it's enterprise, whether it's 10 people, is the most important thing. How do you forge these relationships to create that two-way street? Beyond that, I think it's like, you know, you had said like setting SLAs. I love that. Be timely, right? Like, like, don't, don't let these go. If I send something to like, let's say I I set up a a common inbox and I forward something and I don't hear back for two weeks, I'm going to assume that no one's doing anything. From where you sit in sales operations, can you speak to making, uh, and this is kind of a broad question, but making sales feel heard or feel like, have you seen things that make them feel a part of that process other than just turning it around? What does that look like?
1: Yeah. So I, I have seen a couple of things. I think the first thing is where I'm placed within the organization puts me in a very privileged position because I was initially hired at formerly as part of the sales team. Now, now I am my own team, uh, but I still join every team meetings with sales. I am- No
0: man is an island. Of
1: sales. Exactly. And, and it's really, really, because what happens is that uh, sometimes sales w- will come up with problems that we haven't seen before, and will come up with their own ways to solve that problem. That I think is brilliant. And and, and for example, last week uh, one of my salespeople uh, um, encountered a new customer which had to make a slightly different business case, which we hadn't seen before, and he came up with a, with a way to actually solve for that. And 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 he told me, and I realized this is awesome. You know, in the next team meeting, I throw my hand up And I said, this is great. You know, this is great because this was the problem. And, and the reason why I think is brilliant is X, Y, and Z. And you can find the template in here. And I recommend you to use it for this specific type of situation, right? So at that point, the salesperson feels hurt. I'm sharing mm-hmm. tribal mm-hmm. knowledge more broadly, and people will go back and look at it and maybe even use it. And that's how you can start the wheel of salespeople talking mm-hmm. to each other and to you. It's, it's by being placed right there in front of you, understanding the importance of what they're doing more broadly because you have a broader vision, right? You're not working on specific deals, you're broadly working on the company. And once you understand that, you just bring it in very simple plain words to everybody else in the company. And that brings the salesperson, that shed, shed a good light on the salesperson as well. So that really, really helps. That is one thing that has worked. Another thing that's a completely different approach is to make it so easy, so easy to share feedback or content or whatever it is that it's just it, it's, yeah. it's dumb not to do it. And, and here I just want to give a big shout out to uh, one of our departments, which is design and research. So and j- just to give you an example that could be translated in getting salespeople sure. to share content internally. They created what they call a customer feedback loop. So what they they wanted salespeople to they wanted to encourage salespeople to share more and more uh, feedback and questions coming from customers meeting. And what they did is, well, they thought about the systems that we are using, that salespeople are using, which is Slack. They go back to Slack and they write the notes from a meeting in specific channels. Well, what they did is they developed an emoji CFL customer feedback loop that they can just. Tag their own messages with uh, that would have the same message pop up in a separate channel, which somebody from design and research is monitoring, and then they will up- unpack the insight, categorize them, run reports, feed them back yeah. to me, right? And and I see the most frequent questions, and I can do content and standardized answers to them. Uh, and and that's that's a pretty awesome feedback right. loop. You could do the same for content, right? Yeah, con- con- awesome content. Uh, you you know uh, AC. Uh, you, you develop an emoji for that. You have somebody monitoring that channel, and uh, um, and you keep going with that. And I think that's so easy and uh, so. Underrated. Listen, I, I think we've long understood the power of
0: emojis to be, to be, be transcendental. But you really, <laughs> even in sales enablement, no. We'll talk about what uh, what actual emoji they used for that later. No, but but I, I, I think yeah. you touched on a really important part there which is, you know, listen, uh, uh, I'm in sales enablement, you're, you're in sales ops, right? It is awesome and really cool. And I wish the m- more of the world would do is buy new software to solve problems. But the most important and effective way is to start solving the problem with what you have. And when that's not enough, then you expand and, 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 you, and you purchase or, or you get into the buying cycle. But if you can start to address that, and I think that's a brilliant way of just taking, well, we, are, we have Slack today, right? We have Slack, we're gonna use Slack. How do we make it both as easy as possible and as powerful as possible? And sometimes it's just the power of an emoji. That's, that's really clever. We're, uh, uh, that goes in the highlight reel, I like that. So, so I, I think that about wraps up the, the approval process, right? Uh, ways to get the sales team activated, right? Activate your sales team with an approval process. You could say a bunch of different stuff. I, I want to, as we wrap up here, I do want to ask you any best practices off the top of your head, and it's fine if not, uh, what, outside of getting the sales team involved and active, Are there any best practices you're seeing, especially when it comes to the enterprise cycle? I know that you guys sell fairly enterprise. You know, you had had said before, uh, calling people out and and getting them excited in meetings. That's really important in a lot of these enterprise cycles because the wins are fewer and far between. They're bigger. But is there anything off the top of your head that you'd like to kind of wrap up or contribute at the end when it comes to effective content and uh, specifically with the the approval uh, workflow? Keep it
1: extremely simple. Uh, start from what is needed, right, that typically comes from salespeople or from you, you know, being involved in deals or being very close to deals, Uh, and then keep the process so simple that content just comes out of it almost naturally. And and, and let let me just uh, add a few colors to that. I think to make content well and to then bring it to the whole organization, you need fundamentally three things skill sets if we want you need somebody that can tell a good story from a sales perspective but also you know knows what they're talking about whatever they are talking about uh, whether it's a product or a solution or whatever you need a good storyteller you need somebody who's good visually and with multimedia yeah. and you need uh, the, what I would call the standardizer somebody who's got a broader vision of what is the messaging? What is our narrative? What are we going for fundamentally, right? And if you, if you have those three people, <laughs> those three skills in one person, you are one lucky guy. <laughs> but uh, but it's, it's really hard. So typically you would have three different, at least three different people playing this role, uh, but the salesperson is typically the first person, right? The one that can tell the story and then knows what the, pro- the, the customer problem is. And so if they're talking about something technical, there would be maybe a pre-sales or maybe an implementation manager joining and creating that content. Uh, and, and the creative side of things comes either upstream by creating the template or downstream by making whatever the salesperson has made nicer. And then you take that and you bring it to people either like myself or like our head of marketing. We look at it, uh, we criticalize and say, Great, this is for a retail bank that is really, really large in the U.S. How can we make this content effective mm-hmm. for a smaller bank in the U.K. or a medium-sized bank in the Netherlands, for example, right? How can we standardize it so that it's utilizable in different settings? What data can we bring to make the story more solid? So, again, it comes down to having maybe a broader vision and just having that Two people approval. Just making sure that you get you don't get pigeonholed uh, in in what you think is right. Uh, but fundamentally, these are kind of the three stepping stones, uh, yeah. and we have found it out after so long mm-hmm. of trying with setting up you know uh, convoluted processes that nobody could escape from. It was it was just that simple. You have fundamentally three stakeholders, three skills. Three things to get done. You get them done. Maybe, hey,
0: listen, maybe that's, the, uh, maybe that's the next podcast done. episode. And the, we made the, so the three fun. parts of effective uh, yeah. content creation. Uh, <laughs> no, I love that idea. Hey, thank you so much uh, for stopping by the podcast and, uh, and talking with us today. I, fe- I feel like uh, if we go, we covered a lot here, but I, re- I really appreciate it. This, this was awesome. It was.
1: It was really good
0: fun. Thanks, Nick. This has been Mind the Gap, a podcast about sales and marketing alignment put on by Enablex. My name is Nick Zeke Lopez. Thanks for listening.